Yo, check one, two, check one, two. There, yeah, you're right there, man. All right, mm-hmm. and, and and we're going to give it to the listeners raw today because this is Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast here with none other than my old friend Craig Rossi, uh, multi-instrumentalist behind the band Drift Into Black and also the form, uh, formal, uh, also formerly of Gray Skies Fallen, um, my old friends from Staten Island. How you doing, Craig? Doing good, man. Doing good, Will. Nice, nice to be here talking to you, you know? Thank you for your time, man. I'm glad we could finally get you on. Um, the pe- people know that we've had uh, uh, Rick from Grace Guys on a few uh, uh, a few times, so it'll be great to get your perspective on things and, of course, promote um, not just Drift Into Black, uh, but specifically your new album uh, that you got coming out, Earth Torn, and um, we're, g- we're going to get into all of that, but where I always go first is uh, where I'm going to go now, Craig. Are you from a musical family, musicians in your family, or was there anyone that steered you towards uh, heavier music growing up? Well, you know, my dad has always been like a singer, you know, he was always, he, uh, uh, he sung with this, this like doo-wop group called Sonny Coco and the, and the chimes back in the day, you know, and he was like a, like a background singer in in like a, like a couple of records, you know, and my brother Darren, he, um, he played and, you know, he was in all into the eighties thrash, you know, so so he played drums for this band, Neutronium Death. You know, they put out like a uh, like a demo back in the day. You know, played all like the uh, popular spots, uh, like I guess like the Ritz. You know, back in the day. You know, in the eighties and around Staten Island in New York. You know, and uh, you know, my 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 uh, my dad still sings, and my bro- my brother still pounds the drums. You know, so. Wow. Okay. So definitely a musical family. The older brother uh, is is into metal in the '80s, so we can kind of like see a little bit of maybe how that influenced your trajectory. Would you say that influenced your your getting into metal? Well, yeah. You know what? Because he was always playing like uh, you know Black Sabbath, Man of War records, and stuff like that, and Priest and stuff like that. So you know, like you kind of hear that and all the time, and and uh, you know, and it's uh, like. I didn't, I loved it, but I didn't think about being a musician, you know, until, until I heard like, like, you know, a lot of European stuff, like, like, uh, like, uh, like Amorphous and, and, uh, stuff like that, you know, in, in the early nineties. And I was like, wow, this, so this is different from the eighties and nineties that the eighties stuff, this is like more like, um, we're taking from like, a, a kind of like a seventies, um, 70s vibe but with, with uh, a lot of these sounds and 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 meshing it with with metal you know so um you know and and that kind of like uh, uh like uh, uh really really like okay so this is very expensive metal is very expensive like it's not just thrash it's not just you know traditional heavy metal 80s stuff like we could really do something with this you know i think the 90s really introduced that you know yeah, well, that that's kind of foreshadowing where we're going a little bit. Um, I think with the style, the style of music that that you kind of that, that you stay in a lot of the time, which is that more progressive, uh, gothic, death, doom type of stuff, and that that's you know because I I was going to ask you it's something that I um I asked Rick too and a, a question I kind of posed before is is that style of music you talked about amorphous that epic kind of death doom metal uh and we talk about bands like maybe catatonia or somebody it, it, we always associate that with europe with scandinavia and, and and other places in europe um what do you think it is on staten island 
uh, of all places, that there would be kind of like this small uh, uh, clique of of death doom followers and a little bit of a scene even, um, you know, mainly talking about gray skies falling and evoking going back so far. I, I, I think that's what it is. You know, I, I think it's just that, that 90s influence, dude. I think, you know, just, um, you, you know, uh, just a... Uh, 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 of influence of those bands or Scandinavian bands and, and a lot of, you know, the European stuff. I think, uh, um, a lot of it has to do with that. And, and, you know, and there's a lot of bands that are early bands that like sort of like solitude Eternus, So they're from Texas that yeah. they, uh, they kind of started, started pretty, pretty early as well. Um, so, I mean, it's not just, I, I don't think, I mean, it started over in Europe, but I think it, I think the sound just evolved in, in general, like from eighties metal, um, to into like, uh, this, like, uh, as far as if you want to talk about doom, like a kind of like a, a, a progressive melodic doom, you know, rather than standard, you know, heavy metal. Uh, I guess if that answers your question, you know, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, cause it, it, music evolves, you know, music evolves and you grab influences from different, um, places and different bands and, and stuff like that. And so I think, you know, uh, that's how basically Evoking, you know, uh, uh, was spawned and, and even uh, Solitude Eternus bands like that, and, you know, so... Okay, fair enough, man. It's not so. It's not as uh, cut, cut and dry as I'm maybe um, thinking of it. And and before we get too far ahead, here's what I want to ask you too. Did you have any history um, or any education playing piano or keyboard as a kid, or did you take that up with the ambition to to get into metal? Exactly right. That's exactly what I did. Like, you know, like I think the, the, the record that I listened to first, I, I was like, wow, I want to play the fucking keyboards. Like, like I love the doors growing up, you know, I love the doors. I love what they were doing with the keyboards and stuff like that. And I thought it was something I've never heard in my life. I thought it was the most coolest shit ever. But then when I heard amorphous tales from the thousand lakes, they took, they took metal and took what, the door, the doors were doing with keyboards and put them together, you know, and that's why I was like, I, I, I thought this, the keyboards was, was the coolest fucking instrument. If you were going to go that path, you know, so that's what I did. I started to kind of like, I took like uh, piano lessons and, and then, and then I went off on my own and, and that's, and that's how it began. Like really, you know? Oh, okay, man. And so, uh, straight straight out the gate, inspired by that kind of wave, um, that evolution in metal at the time in the early 90s, the first thing, shout out to Metal Archives, a big resource for the show, the first thing they have you listed uh, on is, is Eve of Morning, which is, of course, uh, the demo that, can, that kind of predates Grey Skies Fallen. I didn't even play on that uh, demo. I actually lent my synthesizer to, uh, to Rick and all of them, and, and and I think Rick uh, uh, created like this introduction um, for the, for the, you know, <laughs> even morning demo. <laughs> That's funny, it was like this really, really cheap, like, like, like portable sound, like, like synthesizer, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it pumped out the most 90s sound you could ever fucking pump out. 
Well, I got to go back because Rick had a few copies. The listeners, if you want to mm. bug Rick about it, I mean, I think he might still have a few copies of that Eva Morning demo lying around. It's funny because you are credited as synthesizer for that instead of keyboards, which is which they have you credited as otherwise. But all right, so um, uh, take me into it then. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure the first album you're on with them is Fate of Angels, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't plan the, the demo, um, which was like in 1997. I think we put out the Fate of Angels in 98, 99, something like that. 99 um, says, okay. Yeah, like I, I, guess, I guess Rick and the band thought I was okay enough to join the band, even though I was still a terrible keyboardist and a musician just in general, but I joined, <laughs> you know, uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we put out the fate of angels in, in around 98, 99. And that's, you know, you know, that's where it began with Greg's phone. Let, well, let me ask you this before I get too far ahead of myself. How far do you go back with Rick and those guys before Grace guys? Are you from the same neighborhood there on Staten Island or something? Rick, I met in, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Rick, I, I met in sophomore year of high school. We went to school together, you know? So uh, we went to like uh, Francis School. It's like this private school where all the, you know, the bad kids and all the drug addicts and all the delinquents <laughs> go to. And, then, and basically, basically the, the, the parents pay to keep their, their kids there, you know? And the teachers just pass them anyway. So allegedly, you know. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> But, but, you know, but Rick was always a smart dude. Rick was smart. I don't know. I guess he had behavior problems. He used to beat the shit out of kids in his other schools. And so his parents had this. <laughs> I've seen I Rick's, he broke Rick's, someone's nose with a lunchbox. He's the funniest shit ever. <laughs> <laughs> Rick's got a picture of himself. He broke someone's nose with a lunchbox. <laughs> Is that in the school that you so, went to? Or, be, or is that why he got sent there? No, 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 no. Like, like prior, I don't know what school it was, but like, <laughs> he, yeah, Rick was. Oh, he, you, you don't, you don't want to fuck with Rick, yo. Know? He, he broke noses and shit, and so, you know, they put him in, <laughs> they put him in Francis School with me, you know. So I don't know what I did wrong, but fucking, I guess I, 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 <laughs> I couldn't pass fucking math for for the life of me. So you know, whatever. All right, so see, so uh, basically, it paid for education just to get white kids through, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, but yeah, I, I that's that's unfortunately how it works sometimes, man. That's it worked out for you and Rick, though. Um, I've yeah, seen I've seen a picture of Rick in, in high school on the baseball team with like hair, like this mane of long hair. He looked like the guy from um, Thundercats. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like like uh, like Beauty and the Beast, you know, like yeah. Ron Perlman. Like, yeah, Ron Perlman. But, fucking, from... <laughs> but the funny thing is, all the all the baseball players look like that today. So it's like okay, you know, so. So I think maybe Rick was ahead of his time, you know? Yeah, as always, <laughs> as always, man. All right, I'm glad, yeah, exactly. we, I'm, I'm glad we got that out of the way. All right, so, you, so, all right, so um, you go back with the boys. Uh, Fate of Angels comes out. Now, was there like a trial and error period with performing live using uh, keyboards? Like, was that something the sound guys weren't necessarily always ready for in the small metal clubs and something like that? 
No, I, I think we were, you know, that they were ready for it because, I mean, all, all of our favorite bands, you know, they were using keyboards, Paradise Lost, Anathema, you know, the, all the early, early stuff, you know, My Dying Bride, they were using keyboards and violin. So, you know, I, I, I think I think that's the path that, you know, Rick and, and Grace Gass Fallen wanted to go. And that's what I, what I wanted to do, you know, as far as, you know, music. So I, I think it was a perfect match, you know. All right, man. Cool. So um, I know around that time, the late 90s when Fate of Angels was fresh, uh, you guys did um, a, a few a few of the metal fests with Jack Koshik, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, we did. Uh, I think our first one was New Jersey Metal Fest. And um, Metal Meltdown, it's funny right? Because, yeah, Metal Meltdown. Yeah. After our set, I think uh, Peter from Hypocrisy, you know, the... Um, uh, what's his last name? He's got a, uh, Tag Tagtrin. Yeah, 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 yeah. He approached us and and he he wanted to fly us to Sweden to to record a new album, you know. What? And we were like, wow, that's incredible. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this is like, you know, hypocrisy at the time was, and then then he had pain and all, and, you know, that group. Like this was incredible. But then we had, you know member uh you know our bass player left you know uh uh our guitarist joe he he went and 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 we lost a drummer and uh, you know so we we were kind of like we were looking like about like memberless basically so you know uh so it wasn't the right time and place and everything like that so you know grit has fallen has been like a revolving door you know um but has produced great music over the years, <laughs> you know? F yeah, fair enough, man. And you said, you know, you're out of drummer. At that point, Sal comes in, right? Mm. Enter Sal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, man, <laughs> exactly. Man. I mean, that's that. Well, he's because he's not from the Staten Island circle, man. So take take me there to, to, to old school Sal coming in. Like, what are your first so impressions of this guy? In. Sal comes in with his, his, his glasses, you know, he's got these, these glasses, you know, and then, you know, we play a few shows with him and then we go to Milwaukee Metal Fest, you know, he's this young kid, you know, we're like, we're, I mean, we're young, we're still young, but like we're older, you know what I'm saying? We're like, you know, we're, we're in a, in a, in a, you know, you know, mid twenties and, you know, Sal's like young, you know? And so, um, you know, it, uh, it, you know, Sal's a character. Sal's a, a character, and and he's a great frigging drummer. You know, so like it worked out beneficially for Grace Has Fallen, and and he's, you know, he's been there like ever since. So, I mean, um, you know, and he, he, I don't know what else to say about Sal, but you know, Sal will. <laughs> All right, we'll keep some stuff off the record then. Um, but oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I yeah, can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's certain things we can't talk about. All right. Shout, shout Jesus, to, take the wheel. <laughs> shout, shout to Big Fergus out there. Yeah, I'm sure you guys must have had some, oh. some fun hotel uh, uh, hotel parties back in those days, man. I've Bro, <laughs> I, I, I mean, if, I mean, we have old VHS tapes. You just got to see, man. It's just... <laughs> well, so, some of it, it, some of it's like on YouTube, I think, right? Like Rick probably has some of that old. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It, there's some stuff you can see, Sal, and, and you know what? Sal is he timing wise, comedic wise, 
he's the most funniest fucking dude I think you'd ever meet in your life. Uh, yeah. Funniest dude. Definitely. He's funny as hell, but you want to know something? He's stubborn as fuck, too, and, 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 and you know, you can love him one day and hate him the next day, <laughs> you know? They'll, well, tell me about it. I've been in a band with him, too, man, for a while. Tell me about oh, I it. Know. So, so I know, yeah, I know. I, yeah, man. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that, man. Big shout to Sal. I'll, I'll get him on here one day yeah. eventually. I said one day we're going to have him on, and, he, and the only topics allowed are going to be Portishead and Old Funeral. We're just going to talk, or a Dark Funeral. <laughs> Portishead and Dark Funeral. We're just going to talk about his two favorite 90s acts. Um, yeah, yeah, let me tell you something. No, and, and Macabre. He always wore a Macabre shirt. For years, he wore that shirt. I gave him that but, shirt. <laughs> yeah. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I gave him that. The, it was with Ed Gein on it. Yeah, yeah. I gave yeah, him that shirt. Yeah, he wore that shirt to, until, until the sleeves fell off. <laughs> yeah, Sal, yeah, Sal. Actually, for a while, I would like curate Sal's... Um, um, t-shirt collection after that because anytime somebody would like like when i was an artificial brain people would give me like 2x shirts of their band sometimes and i'll be like yeah. no it's not yeah. gonna fit and they'd be like no no it's really big i'd be like no it's not my size and then i would get stuck with all these shirts that didn't fit so i'd just give them to sal and sal would walk around like he knew all these <laughs> underground bands and shit um but yeah uh, anyway getting back um yeah. There's a little gap between Fate of Angels and 2002's Tomorrow's in Doubt, as well as uh, kind of a big stylistic shift that was like um, the the beginning of Gray Sky's Fall and playing around with a lot of different sounds and, and like into different genres even for like the next few albums. Um, do you want to talk about like... Uh, like, like what went into... Like was that a conscious decision to kind of just get more progressive? Was that you... Uh, expanding your skills on keyboards, so that was coming out into the writing more. Well, I, I, I well, I got to tell you, like, yeah, Fate of Angels was, was like a gothic doom album. Tomorrow's and that was more of a progressive, um, uh, melodic death doom album. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think, I think Tomorrow's and that was more of like, <clears throat> let's expand, expand our tempo and and uh, and and stuff, and and it was. Uh, 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 more changes, more, fa- uh, but also keep the doom element in there as well. Uh, um, but kind of like introduce more of a different sound. Um, and then with uh, Two Way Mirror, which was after, which was like uh, two, like four years after Tomorrow's Night, that was a big gap. We had Joe Sanchi come in, you know Joe Sanchi, yeah, and Joe and Joe Sanchi is a very like uh, like atmospheric guitarist and, and and stuff like that. So, so I think kind of that introduced uh, a more of a, a like a, a mellower sound for Two Way Mirror. You know, um, there's some heavy songs on Two Way Mirror, but there's a lot of atmospheric uh, songs on there as well. So it it, it was kind of a lighter album, you know. Yeah, yeah, and um, just quickly, the listeners, uh, especially in the New York City area, might remember Joe Sanchi from uh, Mantis Mass and Water Temples and some other acts he's been involved in, and he he also did. Absolutely. He, he he you know it's funny you you call Gray Skies a revolving door because it literally is that um, for Joe Sanchi and for uh, Joe uh, Joe D'Angelo. Um, who have kind of so stepped... Angel, yeah. I mean, if you really want to go on Metal Archives and figure it out, they've been in and out themselves on different albums um, for it's, different it's, times. It's like an, uh, the, the most insane org, org chart you could ever see in your life. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I'm just, but just just to get back, um, quick shout to Joe Sanchi though. We should get him on eventually one day. But while we got you here yeah. and we're talking about this, you kind of set it up perfectly because you talked about the big gap. There's two way mirror. There's Joe Sanchi. Um, now, big shout to Jimmy White because Jimmy White, I think, after two way mirror, uh, left the band. Right, the bass player. Um. Yes. At the two-way mirror, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. He left the band, and then what we did was we put out an EP after that called "Along Came Life." I wrote most of that, and it was it was uh, uh, it was another mellower album, but there's still some heavy songs on there. Um, and we had my bass player, my bass player now, Paula Plaka, play bass on that. Um, exactly. Who Paula Plaka? He played with some. I, I mean. Uh, I mean, he's been with acts like Trans Siberian Orchestra, like uh, uh, Chris Cafferty, and you know he he had a band called October Thorns, like this like progressive metal band back in back in the nineties. Um, you know, so he's he's been around the scene as well. He's yeah, like a virtuoso; he plays everything. That yeah, that's why I wanted to bring that up, especially because it winds right back into into drift into black nowadays. Uh, Paul LaPlaca, your your current bass player. Yeah, because you did um and there's you know, there's another kind of tie in because you did a long came life with Paul LaPlaca on bass, and then two years later yeah. Introspective comes out, which actually has Dave Case of Afterbirth <laughs> and Helmet on bass. Um one of my one of, uh, yep. one of my uh, bandmates. Um so I just want, just for the listeners, you know, we're kind of doing this like Grace Guys Fall and Crash Course, Grace Guys Fall for for, uh, for dummies yeah. while we breeze through this. Because I do want to get into Drift into Black and discuss all that that current stuff now. Um, sure. But if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, you, you guys do introspective and that kind of winds down this kind of uh, more progressive, occasionally lighter era of gray skies fallen and in 2014 you guys come back with many sides of truth with which in my opinion was like a real true to form in terms of like metal it had everything it had it, it kind of like it it had uh progressive stuff in there it had blackened doom it had uh, traditional doom it had everything like it was like a more well-rounded um mm-hmm. like album for for gray skies fallen even though i love introspective I love it. I'm, I mean, I love it. I love the production on it. I love, I love the sound. Every, everything. Um, it, it that that um, still uh, uh, had. It was a more a more of a progressive, um, melodic um, album, and and not so much. I guess maybe I don't know if the other guys agree with me, but like it it didn't. It it, it was more progressive rather than just. Not not uh, progressive or traditional doom, and then you know what I'm saying. Like it didn't, it didn't have more branch branches than than many sides of truth, in my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah. but you know, I'll say something. I gotta say something about introspective. I regret the day I didn't go to the studio to watch Dave Case lay down his bass parts because I heard it was awesome watching him just like. I mean, it took him like a couple of hours just to lay down all his tracks, you know, and like it was like flawless. Um, I regret to this day. I regret that, that I didn't go and and watch that session. You know, I don't know what the hell I was doing, but whatever. Huh. I trust me, man. I I have my fair share of uh, studio regrets and 
uh, band regrets yeah. like that. Too. You know, you know, life gets the better. Um, along came life, right? That's what that's what that's what a wise man once said. Uh, life gets the better of yeah. you sometimes. So <laughs> exactly. So I'm, I'm, but I'm glad we touched on many sides of truth. I love that album personally, and of course, um, mm-hmm. the next year in 2015, we have the Earth Walker uh, single, which was put out as a seven inch, uh, and that's pretty much your yeah. last appearance with Gray Skies Fallen, right? Uh, that and um, we did the uh the cover the my dying bride cover um um that's right uh uh yeah. from darkest skies yeah, i was like, on the my dying bride compilation where i did uh like <clears throat> we didn't have i don't know we didn't do violins but i kind of did the the gray skies falling kind of way like where i kind of mimicked the violin but with a synthesizer and you know we basically Covered this song. I, I think it was a, the, probably the greatest cover of my dream ride I think I've ever heard, and we did it, you know, in my opinion. <laughs> in your <laughs> humble opinion. <laughs> in my humble opinion. But yeah, no, we did a good job. Hey, I, I, no, I, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly, and for the listeners, it's worth checking out if you're fans of um, My Dying Bride. Uh, so, all right, so, well, because that's what I'm getting to is at that point. You part ways with Gray Skies Fallen um, after about uh, fifteen years, give or take. Um, you know, I, I you know we don't want to obviously you know with all due respect to everyone's privacy. I don't know if you want to comment on that or what led you to pursue um, a more like solo minded uh, uh, act where where you're doing all the writing and producing. Yeah, you know, I I, I felt like you know there was nothing left in, in the like that that I felt they needed to do more. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love those, I love, you know, I love those guys, you know, that, that you know, yeah, Rick and Tom and, and, and Sal and Joe, I love them. But I felt like I needed to do more and, like, I, I, I could, I could have, you know, uh, 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 like, branched out as far as, far as uh, talent, uh, not talent, but, like, as far as cre- creative-wise, you know, and I needed to do that. And, and, um, and I felt like, like, that's what I needed. But, but it, 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 it doesn't matter. It's a fucking, I'm still doing shit for Grace Guys Fallen until this day. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't get away. <laughs> and, and Rick contributed uh, guest solos um, over the years to a few Drift Into Black releases. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. and we all know each other behind the scenes, obviously. We bust balls and we're candid about things. But, I mean, that's why I feel comfortable oh, yeah. talking about all this with you. You know, we, we, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, the, yeah, he 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 did a solo uh, um, uh, on on a track from uh, the first album, no Re- uh, this track called "No Return to Light." Um, a two part solo, um, and also he did a solo at the end of the uh, uh, "Patterns of Light" album, the very last track on that album as well. So it is like an instrumental, uh, sort of instrumental. It's got a few lyrics in the beginning, but then it goes into um, an instrumental, um, which your solo was fucking amazing, you know? Like, you know, Rick plays with, like, feel, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 a, like sort of like a Gilmore-ish, like, uh, type player, you know? So, you know, that, like, and that song called for it. Yeah, man. And, and, um... Uh, you know, now that we're into, into uh, drift into black territory here, um, you you branch out 
you know, on on your own to to make uh, this you know this project your own. We should mention, is it um, uh, Clement Markell is your drummer? Is it, do I have the name right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's my drummer, and uh, um, and uh, Paul's my bassist, and you know, um, uh, we have additional musicians with his, which Ben uh, Karras, who's done work with. Uh, uh, Colin Marston. He's done work with um, uh, Tunes, that band Tunes. He's done work with uh, Ayat, another band that's they're, they're our label mates of uh, Black Lion Records. Um, all these New Jersey bands, uh, and I, I think he's going to be doing um, violins on on the next uh, Grace Has Fallen album as well. Huh. So you know. Every, he's, he's, he's like the violin whore of New, of New Jersey and New York. So, and, right. you know, so, and, and we have a singer, a female singer from, uh, from the Netherlands and, um, and she kind of like adds her vocals in there as well. So, okay, man. So, and uh, well, what I'm getting at is I want to credit, um, all these people that, uh, also work on Drift Into Black, but the you know the idea that I, I'm also trying to get across is this started as your brainchild, so to speak, and you yeah. do the the majority of the writing. Obviously, they might add their own inflections here and there, but you you know this is all your um, this is this is all something you've created in terms of composition, songwriting, aesthetic, lyrics, and everything, right? Absolutely. Yep. So. It's very well curated on Bandcamp, and you also have driftintoblack.com. Um, people can check all this out, your YouTube uh, channel as well. But um, Shadow People is the first official EP in 2017, if I got it right. <laughs> oh, man, you threw a fucking curveball at me. <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> it's out I know, there. I know, I know. Fuck you, Will. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I'm trying, yeah. to, trying to take it from the top, but we'll... Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know what? You know what? Um, yeah, that was um, that was like a trial run. Um, you know what? I'm not gonna say I'm not glad I released. I'm glad I released it. You know, because everyone releases, you know, their early stuff, and and it's got it's got a couple of good songs. You know, um, you know, it was mixed and mastered by myself. The next, the, the full, the first album was mixed and mastered by me, and I, I think I did a decent job on that. But you know, the first, the first EP was it had its, it, it was like the first like trial run. You know, what I'm you could call it a demo. <laughs> it, was a, it was the demo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I call it a demo. Yeah, but, seriously. Well, but I mean, look. So, you, but you do get a good sketch of the style. I think that you were aspiring to uh, from that. Mm -hmm. And another yeah. thing is like, like how he said, if you listen to Gray Skies Fallen, um, the the era that you were in the band and those albums, you kind of can hear you progress as a musician. I found that very interesting. Before I'm glad I asked that you actually picked yeah. up keyboards and took lessons inspired by that movement in metal at that point um and less you know because yeah. it was something that you had done always as a kid you know so so yeah. you see your progression as a keyboard player adding to a metal band and now with drift into black we can go back across these albums which you've you've released a, pro a prolific amount of albums which, which we'll get into and you can see your evolution yeah. there in terms of songwriting and musicianship so um, we'll leave Shadow People alone for now, but <laughs> Dead Sons under <laughs> under the Forever Moon, Dead Sons under the Forever Moon, tonight, you brought up, actually. 
And I feel like that. Well, I, I guess it's safe to say then that you felt like you matured a little bit into your style and felt a little more comfortable into drift and drift into black at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I I I, I think um yeah like I I it's more of a traditional doom album. Like there's no growls on on uh, on on Dead Sons under the Forever Moon on that at at all. You know, no growls at all. So it, it was kind of like yes like a step up but you know like i i was getting my footing uh, with that album definitely and then and it was kind of like i would say like how grace has fallen how grace has fallen progressed their first album was we had got our first album was gothic doom traditional gothic doom and then the next album was was more progressive because anthems from the darkest winter after Dead Sons was more of a, of a progressive effort. It had faster songs, more keyboards, and you know, uh, uh, quicker changes and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, man, and well, because then what I'm what I'm building up to also is the next album in 2019, Anthems from the Darkest Winter, seemed to me to have a, a bit of a jump towards a more uh metal sound and or or at least that like uh, like not that metal wasn't in there but you know it leaned way more into the extreme metal and there was a jump in production quality yeah 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 totally yeah you know why because i didn't fucking mix and master it i actually (laughs) paid somebody to mix and master it you know that's why but but yeah you're right it went more of an extreme oh it was it's totally a contrast from the first album yeah um Definitely. Uh, yeah, hundred percent, man. It was, it, you know, it leans more into the growling, the the harsh vocals. But then you throw everybody uh, for a loop with a uh, cover of Pink Floyd's "High Hopes." Uh, yeah, yeah, I, my one, probably my favorite song of all time. <laughs> wow. And and I was, I, I, you know, like, and that's David Gilmore, dude. Like, I don't want to fuck it up, but. You know, everyone that, that I've asked, like, did I do a good job? And they tell me, yeah, bro, you did a good job. So I'm okay with it. I I, I, I actually like it myself. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I got a thing with covers, but that's a song that like, I, all I, I was gonna, I was gonna do a cover of it years ago. Cause I, I knew how to play it on piano, both vocally and both r- rhythmically and, and, and lead wise piano, total piano. So I knew the song structurally. I knew, I knew it. I knew it from my fingertips, you know, but you know, I, I, I needed to figure out how to do it vocally, how to do it on a gu- guitar and stuff like that. So I had the, the foundation in, in my head, you know, as far as how the song was going to go. Um, something that, yeah, I I mean I always have I probably have a couple dozen ideas in my head for covers uh that one of my bands oh, should, should do of song. But you know, it's it, when you're in the rehearsal room and you're trying to write, you know, just for your own original stuff, man, it's always a lot harder to get that going. Bro, Pet Cemetery, that cover is the most thickest cover ever, bro, and I love that song. I love Pet Cemetery, that fucking song. You know, I was like, "What? You guys fucking covered that song that song is great <laughs> <laughs> well i i appreciate but i can't take any credit really except for the except for my performance but um that was sal's idea of course 
Oh, it was a great idea. You guys did a bang up fucking job. Everything. There's involved. there's a great. dark story behind that. There was one. At that point, we were Tom was still living at his apartment in Brooklyn, and we were rehearsing at the Sweatshop Studio in Brooklyn. And we had gone out there on a weeknight. Sal and I used to carpool out to rehearsal in Brooklyn because we were the only two left that lived in Suffolk County at that point. This is going back like, like oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that seven or eight yeah. years or whatever. And and Sal, of course, convinced me to go back to his house and get drunk with him and allegedly call out <laughs> sick to work the next day. So late, <laughs> we we stumble into his house at like midnight and we drink a couple of beers or whatever. And then the next day, he's like, "No, come on, man, hang out. Well, let, let's hang out." So, so hanging out with him consisted of drinking tequila out of a Gatorade bottle and watching Pet Cemetery no on like a, on like a Tuesday morning. <laughs> yeah, it was with a hangover. It was terrible. It was <laughs> yeah. So that's like that's that's like the story behind that Buckshot facelift cover, man. Oh, that's great. That's, was, that's great. That's an awesome it, story, man. It's like the type of shit that you only get involved in hanging out with Sal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Alleg- oh. Allegedly. I still remember calling, <laughs> allegedly calling out sick to work that day, and like my my boss's, uh, my manager at the time's tone of, tone of voice. <laughs> like, they knew, yeah, I, they knew I, was I was drinking all night listening to that's cemetery from the remote. Yeah, leave me alone. All right. <laughs> all right, man. But listen, enough. We'll yeah. take you out of Sal's basement. All right? We nobody wants to spend too much time there. But um nah. we we talked about anthems from the darkest winter which um was my you know, yeah, everyone knows I'm from a more like brutal death metal type of direction with with this podcast. So it should be no surprise that that in particular is my favorite. Yeah. Um but you you go on to uh, 2021 Patterns of Light and 2022 now you're getting ready for Earth Torn, both of which I want to talk about. But here's the lead up question yeah. to that. With the pandemic happening, um, would you credit that with being able to like write all this material and get it recorded and done in such a short amount of time? Yeah, dude, like I'm telling you, it helped. It helped because, you know, when when I bustle to the city, man, I'm up at 4.45 a.m. and I go to the city and I'm out the door by 3 p.m. I come home. I'm fucking tired, man. I'm look. I'm staring at the back of my eyelids by 9:30 p.m. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying. Like yeah. so, but now, like I do, I do IT. You know, I'm an IT guy. So now, now the world has changed. Now I could work from home two to three times a week. So this is great. So like, like right. when it dies down, I'm I'm actually. I, I'm clicking on my keyboard, helping people, and my guitar is around my 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 shoulder. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and I'm, my computer's on, and I'm recording riffs. You know, so times have changed, and 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 it really it really helps out with the with uh you know music production and and stuff like that. You know, writing and and whatnot. So so that's yeah, I was able to pump out those albums. <laughs> Pretty, pretty quick, actually. Yeah, I, I, the funny thing is, before, before Patterns of Light was out on vinyl, because there was a huge delay, because, you know, the pandemic was, you know, the huge vinyl delays and all this other shit going on. I started writing, um, uh, uh, um, I started writing a, a, a Earth one. And so all the guitar work was almost done before Patterns of Light was actually out. Yeah, yeah. Earth one. So it was crazy. I've talked yeah. to, a, to a few people who are, like, in that situation lately, especially with, like, the um, production delays. 
uh, with vinyl mm-hmm. and everything. Like people have like a whole other album written, even though they're pumping the album that just came out and that sort of thing, man. Um, a lot of that right now. Everyone's backed up, man. I heard that. I heard that. Um, like during that time, Abba put out like an album. Abba put out an album like sixty million vinyl co- copies, and that set back the vinyl production. Wow. Like all around the fucking world for everybody, wow. like wow. like because of ABBA. <laughs> That's wow. what I heard. You didn't need to Am come I back. Wrong? Did yeah. you hear about some of what? I, I was saying to ABBA, you didn't need to come back now of all times. <laughs> Jeez, I know. Well, no, yeah. I don't know about. That. I didn't hear about that, but all right, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, damn, I, be- I believe it though. So let's before before we um uh get too far ahead though i want to talk a little bit about some of the concepts you explore because i know you have uh like like are would you say that all your albums are concept albums or just like the last two uh the the first two were kind of themed the last two were concept albums for sure okay so let's let's get into that man so what exact so patterns of light Let's get into that, like conceptually, uh, yeah. in, in a nutshell, if possible. Patterns of Light is about a um, is about a mute uh, and deaf um, girl who is is uh, trapped in the in like the home of an abusive stepdad. And basically, very abusive, and, and up to to her mother and and everything, and and they they, they want to escape, they can't escape, you know. They're in that kind of situation, and this is like kind of like back in the eighteen hundreds, you know, um, where like the first few typewriters were, and the first few uh, sewing machines were were made, and so basically. Um, <clears throat> As the uh, abuse goes on, he slowly is poisoning her mother, right? And she sees this abuse of her mother, and so she kind of like uh, um, she knows her mother's going to die. So basically, so she she sews her mother's uh, burial gown, okay? But with but within the sewings are implications of of her fa- of her stepdad in in her mother's murder okay so um you know they lay her mother to rest but now she knows that she's a target she knows that she's she's gonna be the, uh the next to be to be to, to be gone because obviously he's got his uh motives he's got a, he's got his um it's it's all about money. It's all about you know uh, uh, the estate and all this other stuff. So she knows she's next. <clears throat> so she goes and kills herself. It's a very dark story. <clears throat> she makes her own burial gown and she kills herself. She hangs herself with the um, burial gown on, and then the townspeople know that she that that the father has been actually murdered the, 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 the mother and, and then they, they grab him and they hang him. So. Wow. So this is all a story of your creation. Yeah. Like, like she can't talk. She can't scream. Yeah. She yeah. can't, un, she cannot, 
she cannot like like uh, like uh you know talk to they're, they're restricted from talking to people on the outside so so after they hang him they see on her wall all this tapestry she has done has she created and they see within the stitches of uh, like the patterns of light patterns of truth you know of of you know what he's been doing you know and it's all in there within within you know it, they decode it you know it, it explains so, it explains the cover art very well yeah 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 all right man uh-huh. no it's just it's yeah obviously a very dark story um really interesting to see that you've kind of taken this I, you know, not to label it, but I guess you you might call it like a gothic horror um, uh, uh, narrative um, with you know within the lyrics and 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 the mm-hmm. the idea of the band. It's just also you know in the bigger framework of the conversation, we're talking about drift into black evolving as a band and as an idea, and you getting to put a, put across your whole vision. Where you know, Grace Guys Fallen, obviously, <laughs> obviously you added to things, but this is like your brainchild now. So. <laughs> Um, yeah. that's a really, now do you, when, like, cause, cause I, you know, in my bands, I, I write lyrics and I try to do little stories here and there and things like that. I, I'm curious about your yeah, process. Yeah. Do you write out like a story beforehand or <clears throat> do you, do you write out well, the, the lyrics before the music? Like how, how do you, how do you get, get everything going like that with the story? It's, it's interesting, dude. Like patterns of light came to me. I woke up one morning and I dreamt the story. Huh, wow. It came to me. I dreamt the fucking story. I was like, I had to look over my wife. All I'm right. like, I got to write this fucking down. Though. Like, I got to write this down. Like, it's a great fucking story. It's sort of like the sixth sense meets, uh, my God, something. Like, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, so I kind of wrote down the, like, the, like an overview and then I, I worked in the details. Um, but like, yes, it's a cross between, um, being, uh, like what really helps me will is like if I have the artwork early, right? If I know what I want to write about, I, I will go to my artist and be like, I need, I, I need this, I need that. I'm like, I, I this is what it's about. This is what the what what I the album is about. If I have artwork, it really fucking propels me mm. to um to 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 uh, write a story. I don't know. I, I love, I love, right. I, I guess I'm more, I'm like a composer. You know, if, if there's a movie in front of me with no music, I'm writing the music to it. <clears throat> you know, I Same get thing it. With artwork yeah. to, to an album. <clears throat> I, I, Same thing without uh, artwork to an album. So yeah, just a combination of uh, those things. Definitely. Okay, you know, man. I, like I'm already writing for the new drift in the black, but I have no idea where it's going to go. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> you know. <clears throat> well, I'm laughing because you be- yeah. the the um the one we're talking about is already like the the, the second to newest one because the one um that we're kind of currently promoting, I guess you could say, would be Earth Torn. Um, yeah. which I'm going off of driftintoblack.com, which people can all visit. Uh, that Earth Torn is a 10-track mm-hmm. concept concept album um, that crosses multiple musical genres, doom, progressive metal, traditional heavy metal. Um, and there's a whole story about uh, the, the, uh, the extinction of humankind seen through the eyes of an extraterrestrial visitor 
Uh, and it goes on and on. I don't want to spoil the whole story. I don't know if you want to maybe talk a little bit about the concept and the story or leave that to the visitors. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of like currently in the promotion cycle for this this current album, so I'll let you take over. Yeah. It, it's, it's, the album is about human growth, basically. It's about empathy. It's about... It's, <clears throat> but it's also about conflict as well. You know, like... Um, uh, picture if you're thrown into a different country, okay? And they have their laws, they they they, they have their problems, they have their their issues, and 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 what's going on, like, and and and, and you're you're in charge of either destroying it or or helping it or whatever, or, you know. <clears throat> But in the process, you you kind of fall in love with somebody there, and then you realize, okay, you know what? Like, there are some good things here. This, 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 there is some, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. You know, <clears throat> there is something to save here. You know, and and also there are people here that feel the same way I feel. You know that same love, you know? So why am I going to strip them of that and destroy their entire country, destroy their entire planet and deplete them of the natural resources? So instead, this is an, an alien that crashes down into Earth. He washes ashore. He's been sent there on a mission to analyze, deplete us of our natural resources and to learn about our history and, and, and learn about us. And he, he, uh, um, in his process, he meets a. He's disguised behind human skin. He looks human, so he meets a woman. He falls in love, and and she dies of cancer. Like so, he 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 learns about our wars, our death, and and destruction. But now he's learned about love and loss. You know and. <clears throat> and uh, so, uh, like this empathetic side of him grows within. Um, and so he is conflicted with, you know, <laughs> destroying Earth and, or telling his his home home planet, listen, there's not there's nothing here left, you know, because after she dies. He's alone. This is just him himself. He's got nothing left here, you know. But at the same time, he knows there's some good on on Earth. But in in ninety eight percent of of the bad, so he tells his planet, nope. There's no like there's no natural resources to have. The human race is done. Like they are killing themselves. Dead done. So there's no even reason of destroying this planet. I'm coming home. All right. Wow. So, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot there. Um, and I guess the, yeah. the, the, the reader, the, if the listeners are interested, they're going to have to go uh, get the album and read the lyrics. How about some information specific? I know you're working with uh, it's Black Lion Records, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're signed to them. Yeah. And there's actually there's a new video for the new single on Black Lion Records YouTube channel. Yep, um, well, that, that's mankind. It's it's a it's a visualizer, and it's just all like a heavy instrumental. 
Um, and we also did a, a couple of uh, uh, lyric videos, and we did a, an official music video for a- the song Angel of Doom. Yeah, Angel of Doom. That's the one I, w- I was checking out before. Did you shoot yeah. that? Did yeah. you do that? I, I shot I shot it all myself, bro. Yeah, because I know you've been getting into the um, the audio vi- the the visual side of audio visual lately. Yeah, 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 yeah. I shot I shot shot it all myself. It was probably one of the most toughest things I have had to shoot in my life. And the reason why it is is because <clears throat> I didn't show any other visuals, any cutaways. You know, it's just us. It's raw. It's us really fucking playing the song. You know, um, there's no, like, you know, excerpts of, 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 like, a story where you see other shit. You know? No. It's, it's just... <laughs> a lot of a lot of editing involved <laughs> on that shit, like how music videos used to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just for the listeners to tie it in, um, the most of the listeners realize that I'm in a band called Reeking Aura. Uh, we're we're putting out an album oh, on Profound Lore Records, Blood and Bone Meal, the end of July. And if they if people want to check out the Profound Lore Records YouTube channel. There's visualizer videos for um, Seed the Size of a Spider's Eye and Pyramid Shaped Plow, the two, the two singles, yeah. both of which you did. That's, that's, the, that's why I'm doing a shameless you, you plug of my bro, own shit. I'm, I'm so excited about those videos, like as if I'm in the band. Like, <laughs> well, you don't understand how excited I am about those videos. Like, you, you, like, I'm so proud of those fucking videos, bro. I'm so proud of them. Like, and, like, I you know you know what I, I I I don't like doing lyric videos. I like doing visualizers. Like as far as a video editor is concerned, I like doing vi- visualizers, and and those were right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it kind of gave you a lot of liberty to play around with. Um, you know, the, the listeners could check it out for themselves, but I felt like it really yeah. reflected the lyrics well and showed attention to the lyrics. Um, things like that. Are you only working within uh, the family, so to speak, or, or you know, if if people are interested, should they get in touch for that kind of service? Yeah, you know, i i did a I did a lyric video for a grief collector. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're like a doom metal band from uh, Illinois, I think, or or Minneapolis. That uh, their their uh, their singer. Their singer is the singer of Solitude Eternus, uh, uh, Rob Lowe. But he left. He left, and that, now they, they're getting a new singer. But I, I, I just did a, a lyric video for them. But anybody, anybody who needs a lyric video, you know, uh, no, 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 you can reach out to me and, you know, you know, I, I'll give them how much it costs and stuff like that, you know, whatever. Okay. All right, cool, man. So... With that being said, now as we start to wind down, um, I know you said before that you that like you know even though we're like we're just talking now about um, Earth Torn, you have uh, more material written on the way, things like that. Um, before you plug anything else that's coming out, here's like kind of like the obvious question, I guess, or, or maybe a question you might have gotten before: Are there any intentions of ever performing live with this, or is it going to be more of a behind-the-scenes studio project? I, w- I would love to, Will, but you know what? My drummer is overseas. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I know I have a lot of drummer friends <clears throat> that that uh, that that can play live. So, 
you know, I know uh, Paul would like to, to do it live. So, I mean, we'll see. Maybe in the future, you know, um, it would be nice, you know. But for now, it's definitely a studio thing, you know. So, uh, you know, that's basically it, you know. It's, it's basically a studio thing for now, you know. Yeah, fair, fair enough, man. <laughs> and especially with things as uncertain as they are in the world right now, um, uh, you know, understandable. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll leave it that 2022's Earth Torn um, is the most recent album. You can check out uh, Drift into yeah. Black on all the social media, the YouTube channel, and things like that. And do you want to get into anything about the future of Drift into Black or, or anything beyond like this latest album? Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I, I just want to continue and you know, uh, and, and, uh, and add more to just in the black and, you know, progress as a musician as well, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, maybe get some more guests in there. I mean, dude, you come and do some fucking vocals, bro. <laughs> you know, it's a deal. It's do a some, deal. do some vocals. Yeah, seriously, man. And as many names as possible, man, it's, it's fair game. It really is fair game, man. I think, it really is. <laughs> you know? fair, fair enough, and I, I'll take you up on that, man. We'll definitely get get something Hell going. Hell yeah! Um, Hell yeah! And 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 so, with that being the case, then uh, we're going to take it back to the other typical heavy hole question. I'm going to ask you to recommend for me and for the listeners something old and something new. It could be a demo, an EP, an album, uh, from something from um, back in the day, and something from the last few years, just to to listen to. Um, <clears throat> Caucus Heartwork. Okay. All right. Thank you were ready with that. Yeah, Carcass Hotwork, definitely <laughs> for sure. That's 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 a that's a given. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Hold on, shout to shout to Big Daddy Gore from Gurgling Gore Records. We just had hit him. I think the episode will have been out by the time uh, uh, this episode goes up. He 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 was talking about growing up in a very religious household, and he convinced his mom that Carcass's Hotwork was a Christian album <laughs> somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I thought that was a good one, man. Shout, shout to him, but I, I not to interrupt you. Not to interrupt you. Um, and I think reeking aura, blood and bone meal, man. Oh, come I gotta say, with the plug, I gotta say, and it's not out yet. July twenty ninth, July twenty ninth, we got that album coming out. All right, but I gotta say, the reason why I'm I'm, I'm saying that is because how you guys. Um, took an old style death metal sound, just like kind of like hot work is, but even progressed it even further. Like, like you know, so and and I, I I think the contrast of the evolution of both those those albums. And I heard the entire um, Blood and Bone Meal, fucking phenomenal. You know how it progressed, you, but 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 stayed old school and like. Like, good for old school fans, but new generation as well, you know? Well, much appreciated is all I could say, man. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to work with that team of guys. Uh, you know, very, very, very fortunate to, to work with, like, such kind of like a super group of um, musicians, man. And we got a really great extended, yeah. like I said, you know, joking around before, but it is a family. We got a big extended family between your, do. your, yourself do, and the Grace guys. We were talking about Joe Sanchi before and, you know, everybody, Terrell oh. and... 
you know, it, it's it, it's it's really good to feel like we're part of our own little scene here, man. So I'm going to take this opportunity on the podcast to just kind of blow our own horn for a minute, man. It's all it's all good. It's my show. Um, but but yeah, I appreciate that, man. People could check out that reeking aura blood and bone meal and profound low records on the 29th oh, yeah. of July this month. Um, oh, yeah. They can go to uh, driftintoblack.com uh, or go to um, uh, your band camp or go to your social media for yeah. all the all the info on all your albums and all your shit that we yeah, talked yeah. about um, and the YouTube channel to check out some of your visualizer work. Uh, Craig Rossi, man, yep. it, it's been great talking to you. And any parting words for fans of your music and listeners of the show? Um, just, I guess... Uh... You know, check out Drift in the Black. Check out fucking the new Rick and Laura coming out. Grace Guys Phone, they got something coming out. And yep. Oh, and also one more thing. I think I may be going on stage with Grace Guys Phone to perform uh, uh, something from our first album. I think I'll be taking on, on keyboard duty for, for the evening, opening up for Oceans of Slumber. Wow. So. All right. Big announcement. Yeah. That's, uh, what, what, do you have the date on that show? Well, we're talking about it. I think it's September third, I believe. September third, Se- yeah. To September third uh, at, at Vitus at, at Saint Vitus. Saint Vitus, uh, September third. Yeah, uh, Oceans yeah. of Slumber, right? And Grace Guys Fallen. Um, all right, that's yeah. That's- so I was talking to Rick. Rick was like, "Yeah, yo, come. Get, we're we're going to be playing Athena, which is a track from the first album. You know, heavy keyboards as well on that album." So. I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely. I'm fucking a lot of fun. Hell yeah, let's do it. I'm looking forward to that, and hopefully the listeners, um, uh, if they're in the area, will show up too, man. That's September 3rd, you said, right? Yes, September 3rd. September 3rd at the St. Vitus uh, Bar in Brooklyn. Good show. All right, man. Well, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll crack a couple of beers at that point, man. Um, And and, uh, uh, Craig, thank you so much for your time, brother. Yeah, brother. Thank you for having me, man. It's a lot of fun, Will. Take care, man. Okay, big thanks to Craig Rossi from Drift Into Black, and as we learned, also formerly of Grace Guys Fallen. Uh, looking forward to catching um, Grace Guys Fallen uh, uh, appearing with him, kind of reunited on stage. Uh, he said uh, for that appearance coming up at the St. Vitus Bar. We're gonna get into that and some other shows coming up later. But now I'm joined by uh, official member of the Heavy Hole Podcast team, Dave Gladding. Dave, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Great, man. Um, great to have you aboard. And I said, you know, you, you had a show and I had a few shows we wanted to tell the listeners about. But first, as you tend to do, you brought a classic obscure death metal band to my attention um, this week. Kind of two bands in one in a way. I'll let you take it from there if you want to get into um, the the band, which one you want to talk about first and why they're connected. Yeah. So the, the band that I have this week is called Gaffed from New Jersey. They're a uh, another New Jersey band. But uh, the reason that, that I was inspired to talk about them this week was I just, they showed up in my Instagram feed. They are newly reformed. So I thought that, you know, I, I, I dove into their, their older catalog and I was really feeling, you know, the old stuff and I figured why not? So uh, 
Yeah, they're from Middle Jersey, not not quite South Jersey, like Insatanity and those bands. But uh, they formed from the ashes of a band called Ritual Torment, who was around in like the late '80s and early '90s. And memory serves, they had a their their final demo was called Gaffed. So I guess a couple of the members, when Ritual Torment broke up, they just started a new band and just used that name, and they put out two demos the a meal of gore demo in 1994 and it hurts to be dead in 1995 so will uh what did you think of, of uh of the band and, and any of those releases well yeah that was like it's a really um detailed kind of, you gave me like their whole trajectory there with not just the ritual torment demo but then the um the two gaffed demos so yeah i i thought um off like right off the bat just kind of as a band <laughs> As a sound, um, I thought it was very, uh, it, it reminded me a lot of older internal bleeding. Uh, it reminded me a lot of like that kind of um, uh, 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 like uh, voracious contempt and, and earlier era internal bleeding in a way, a little bit more than maybe like uh, the, the Northeastern death metal sound as we come to call it. Uh, or like like in like you mentioned in Satanity, I think this has more in a little bit. It just has a Long Island thing going on. I think with the chunk and the groove, and, and I almost hear like a little pyrexia. You know what I mean? You know, I actually i I agree. I think, but but I also like I to to push back a little bit on, or I guess no, I'm sorry. The uh, the, you said Northeast death metal, and you're right. They don't really. It doesn't really sound like that. But I was sort of thinking that it, it has like that sort of even like early, like pre voracious contempt, sort of like internal bleeding. And even like, uh, like, like bands like disgorged from Rochester and, uh, like that, that sort of like, uh, like early, early brutal death metal, like pre slam. I'm sorry. Fucking cat. That's awesome. No, I love anytime we have natural cat experiences here on the heavy hole podcast untriggered untriggered unquantized cat experiences but it yeah it's like that um that brute like it, it's like early 90s brutal death metal is like the uh the simplest way i could put it it's not it's not slam it's not uh you know anything like that but it's like you know it you listen to it it's it's heavy as shit it's uh you know, the vocals are really guttural and low, especially for the time. Yeah. You know, it's not quite um like afterbirth low or anything, but it's it's really, you know, good low vocals. And uh that was another thing I th- I I loved is that like the vocals that you're right, they weren't <coughs> excuse me. Sorry, they um the vocals they weren't guttural, but they were um deep and brutal like like that's the thing is like this kind of sounds like natural slam it's not self-aware slam it's not a band that grew up maybe like listening to slam bands three generations in like this is like you said it's like that early brutal death metal um yeah like there's no breakdowns it's not like yeah they're not writing songs like for the mosh they just like they're writing riffs and they just happen to be very like to like fall into that category, but it's, I, it doesn't seem like it's intentional in that way. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's like, when you talk about like disgorged or even like Morpheus descends, 
those bands have such a powerful groove to them. But again, it, it's like it predates uh, maybe certain influences or certain like generations of slam death metal, quote unquote. It's just heavy, brutal stuff that doesn't happen to be lightning speed tempos all the time, man. But yeah, I, I, I loved how it has this chunky groove that remind me of like the internal bleeding demos almost. Um, really cool stuff, really brutal. And the... Uh, I, I guess they also the um what was it meal of gore was the one demo yeah right? that, a meal that was of the first gore. one yeah when i was listening to that i almost thought for a second there was like a synthesizer but it was just this weird vacuum cleaner kind of vibe that the bass guitar and the guitar mixed together and the speakers from this old demo kind of had like you know it had, it had this kind of like weird um kind of static melody in the background of the wall of noise yeah it, it's like that that beautiful like you know, the cassette's been played a few times and by a few, I mean a, a few hundred. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it, yeah, it's kind of deteriorated just a little bit that all the, everything kind of, it, it, it's starting to break up a little bit, but it's like, it's still, you know, it still sounds good. Yeah, man. So you say that you kind of came across these guys accidentally on social media. They're back together now. Have they recorded anything yet? Or are we just kind of like waiting? Um, They, for what I've gotten from their their Instagram uh, page, they they are in the process of writing uh, new material, but nothing has been released. And I I, I reached out to them uh, the other day just to sort of ask if they if they were like re-releasing the demos or anything like that. And because they they made several posts about like having a new release forthcoming, and they said they're still kind of working out the details, I guess, for doing the. Um, doing i guess like a demos compilation or anything like that but you know ho- hopefully we'll, we'll we'll see it happen because i would really really like to you know all, all the these guys are not really there's no presence for them really on the internet like i don't know if you noticed like all the the youtube links i sent you even the 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 dubs of the demos are really poor quality you know you, you could tell that it's it's like from a tape there's no uh it wasn't cleaned up at all there's nothing that's like straight from the source or anything like that. Like it's from like a shitty tape that someone had in their closet probably since like 1995 and they just decided to digitize it. So, you know, hopefully these guys can get some, uh, some label to, uh, you know, to, to release their, I'm sorry, to re-release their, uh, their demos. Yeah. Get some of that. It's really good stuff. Get some of that reissue love that's going around so much nowadays. Um, yeah. It shouldn't be hard. I mean, there's lots of, I think actually if memory serves and I, I think, I feel like um, the, the growl death metal documentary guy, I feel like he or CDN records might've actually put out the ritual torment demo. Okay. I got to look shot to yeah, it's Cam Schwartz. Um, yeah. Uh, from and, the, yeah, the growl, should, the death metal documentary that before we actually, put it out just just to to make sure that i'm not speaking out of turn hold on a second because i'm on metal archives as we speak in real time for the listeners doing the fact check and i'm looking up the ritual torment demos i don't see any with a um other version category that would suggest there was some recent reissue so i don't know uh and in case cam is bootlegging him then we don't want to blow up his spot but um this is all available on youtube and i'm looking up ritual torment 
Um, interesting little factoid. John Egan, um, may he rest in peace, apparently, was also a member of uh, Demonacy. Do you remember Demonacy? Uh, I know the name Demonacy, and I think I might actually have a video in my VHS collection of them playing like the the Milwaukee Metal Fest from like the <laughs> the, the mid nineties, but I, I I honestly couldn't tell you what they sound like because I just you know I I I got the uh, the video from somebody and I was like oh that's cool you know like and I just got it just got lost in my in my collection and I never really watched it. I, but, uh, are, are, do you uh, do you like that band? I mean, I'm not 100 percent on to be honest, man. But I, I, um, I was looking. I've always heard that name brought up in circles. It just makes me want to go down the wormhole a little bit and familiarize myself with all of this. And Demonacy, we probably are uh, also know because they've gotten that compilation reissue treatment um, in the last several years. I know Demonacy complete. Oh, maybe maybe that's the band I'm thinking of, and not Ritual Torment. Yeah, it says they well they put up their discography I guess on um online it says in 2020 um and then they had the Morbidity Within compilation on uh, Lord of the Flies records in 2014 so Demonacy a little bit more out now in the vernacular of, of uh these death metal reissues like we hope Ritual Torment and um Gaft might be uh eventually now Gaft you said you got them on Instagram, so we'll look for them and follow them for anything new coming out. Uh, but this was a good deep dive because we we also, like, um, a few episodes episodes ago, Dave, you took us on a deep dive into New Jersey as well, man. I, I Like, there's this, you know, you and I, like, I, I feel like we might have, might have exhausted Long Island death metal in terms of our knowledge and our research from, like, the 90s. Like, you can always go back a little bit further, but New Jersey seems like this... Um, uh, untapped like hotbed of early death metal history that should get the same respect as like Florida, but these bands just go unknown. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. It's, it's a small state, but there's, you know, there's a lot of good bands. There's, you know, evidenced by, uh, you know, human remains and mortal decay and and insatanity and bands like that. But yeah, there's a lot of like anywhere. There's a lot of good bands that just didn't get, the uh the attention they deserved because just because you know they were around it during a time when there was a glut of other bands and they just got kind of buried but uh yeah you know like, like everything else you know stuff is coming back there's labels that are into re-releasing old stuff demo collections discographies things like that so you know hopefully we'll uh we'll see these guys get the the uh the attention they deserve now that they're back together again. hundred percent, man. Now, do you know, is it, is it the same lineup as it was back in the day? Like that, are they not really sharing exactly um, who's in the band or, you know, I don't know there who is in the band is actually kind of a mystery because I didn't see a lot of information on the internet about the lineup site. Like there was, I think it's on metal archives. There's like one, no, I'm, I'm sorry. It's on Discogs. There's one like one of the releases has like a, a list of lineups, but it, it it lists like three guitar players and uh, stuff like that. So I'm not sure how accurate it is. But um, and the other demo doesn't have any lineup. And then from the 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 photos and videos I saw, a couple of the guys look kind of young. So I'm assuming that they probably it's probably like a, like the the core members, and then maybe they they filled it out with some some new new blood but uh 
as you do nowadays. Yeah. You gotta you gotta get a twenty year old drummer. That's step one. All right. Yeah, the drummer does sound really good. I was watching a few videos <laughs> of him like tracking some new songs, and I was like, all right, dude can play. I have no idea if it's an old drummer or a new drummer. I'm saying, generally speaking, when these old bands come back, that's like the the first move is you find some twenty twenty two year old drummer who just can learn all the shit, and, and you're good to go. Yeah. It, you know, it's a good thing that um, Afterbirth got that young guy playing drums now. <laughs> Keith, you know, Keith Harris is the youngest at heart uh, member of any band I think I'm in, man. He is young at heart, and that's where it counts. Like, Tony, did, did Tony Bennett sing that? Or Frank, you know, when you're young at heart, man? I don't know. Yeah, one of those guys. But, um, know? well, look. Uh, I, th- I think we could wrap it up, man. I appreciate you bringing that to the table. Um, that kind of uh double double edged sword there of ritual torment and gaft. Um, before we move on to the show announcements, any final thoughts on that? Or, uh, you know what? Actually, I, I hate to drag it out, but th- their second demo. Gaffed. Yeah, we we didn't really talk about that so much briefly. I will just say that was a bit of a tighter. Uh, musical experience from the first demo not so much different in style but you do appreciate the tightness of the performance a little bit more go ahead well, sorry i actually I, I was gonna say that it, it did it, it is a little tighter like musically and everything like that and I, and I feel like that i don't know what you want to call it like the the mid 90s uh new jersey sound kind of leaked into into their sound a little bit like there's definitely a bit more of like a like a moral decay ish vibe to some of the songs the mm. the, the vocals the guy seems to be like, I don't know, experimenting with different, different styles. It's not, it's not just like that sort of like guttural, like sort of early Chris Barnes sound, like on the first demo. Yeah. But, uh, you know, another good one. Like, I think that both demos are great in their own right. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they come up with, uh, nowadays. Yeah. hundred percent. Both demos definitely, um, worth it they they both blended blended together in my head a little bit too i gotta give it give it another shot um and the listeners should give it a shot too but as we move on um before we wind down the episode uh you know as we've been doing we're trying to put a couple of shows and if you got a show coming up um you know we record some of these episodes ahead of time a week or two sometimes we try to drop them so you know so if we can we will try to include your show wherever it is anywhere in the world if you got a show coming up and you want us to plug it on heavy hole podcast let us know um and i will do my best to pronounce uh all the words involved if it's from a different country um or even if it's you know in the in the united states and it's just a hard to pronounce address or venue so um heavy hole podcast at gmail.com or the social medias or leave us a voicemail and tell us about a show you got coming up too but in the meantime some cool stuff coming up um our friends over there at the good old saint vitus bar uh, in brooklyn new york <clears throat> they got some cool stuff going on uh sunday august 7th he got miasmatic necrosis uh, mephitic corpse necropsy odor um, over there at the old St. Vitus Bar. Tuesday, August 9th, uh, got your 4X t-shirt, Tough Guy, because Crowbar is in town um, with Spirit Adrift, Somnerai, and Long Island's own Stabbed. My buddies and Stabbed opening up for Crowbar out there. I'm not jealous, guys. Don't worry. Um, they actually uh, fit really well on that uh, on that bill. I feel like I Stabbed opening for Crowbar. It's a good... Uh, they, they go to they, they go together well. They're They're both like real heavy bands. That should be playing together. Yeah, I, I I think it makes a lot of sense, especially this day and age where Stabbed kind of represents like the younger maggot stomp generation. Crowbar, you know, it, it, it just brings brings some some different uh, crowds and audiences together in a nice little Venn diagram, in my opinion. You know, it's good good from a promotional and booking angle this day and age. It's it makes sense. 
Yeah, and hopefully that band Crowbar, you know, hopefully they they get out there, put out a couple albums. You yeah, know, people start to to discover them. Big things from that young guy. Yeah. Um, but well, how about some other young guys? I don't, Dave, I'm curious if you knew this was going on. I just found out about this today. Rotrevor, Friday, 26th of August at St. Vitus Bar. That is news to me. Um, uh, yeah. what's the, what's the date again? Friday. Yeah, I'm breaking this to Dave in real time for the listeners. I, I know. I know Dave is like shitting his pants right now. Right. Yeah, Rotrevor is, is back, apparently playing Friday, the 26th of August at St. Vitus Bar in New York, being supported by Ritual Mass um vomitar if i said that right and um i don't want to spoil any any spill any beans spoil any surprises but um i believe another band's gonna be on that bill we'll see dude i'm stoked man that that was actually like when, when i saw when uh mdf happened i kind of got lost with all the bands that were playing and i forgot that or i missed that roger war was um was on the bill and i started seeing a lot of posts about it and i was like that I, I i knew that they were kind of back because I'd seen like the name around here and there, but I just kind of, you know, they weren't actively doing a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. like, I was really jealous that people were seeing Roger Vore play at MDF. And I was like, <laughs> if, if, if I was going to be there for anybody, it would have been them. So the fact that they're playing St. Vitus, I am going to really make an effort to get to that because I like me some Roger Vore. Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we've brought them up once or twice on the show before, um, but yeah, really an amazing old school, brutal death metal band. And, and again, in this generation where all this brutal old stuff is coming back, Rotrevor just seems ripe, uh, for these younger generation to get into, especially from the perspective that they were a guttural sewage, brutal death metal band pioneering in that regard, sonically. But, um, they had a bit of a, a political and social commentary bent to their lyrics and their subject matter. It wasn't just gore or demons or anything. Yeah. With, with a name like Rochevore, you almost expect them to be like, sort of like a, like a gore band, but, uh, it, it was, it was, it's very refreshing when you read the lyrics and song titles and things that it was a little bit more, you know, introspective, I guess. Yeah. A little bit more going on between the years. Um, so, so yeah, so there's that man, big news, Roger. We're looking forward to that. Um, as I said, keep your, keep your eyes peeled when they announce uh, another band on that, man. We'll see. Um, Saturday, the 27th of August, uh, Fulci, the band, not the movie director, Fulci with Oxygen Destroyer, uh, our good buddies in Skullshitter and our friends in Oxalate. It's a family affair down there at the old St. Vitus Bar on uh, the 27th of August with Fulci, Oxygen Destroyer, Skullshitter, and Oxalate. Um, then the 31st of August, you got Kralis, uh, former guest of the show, and Andrikathir, that's uh, uh, Colin Marston hanging out there. And we told you about it before. There's a refresher course. If you were listening to the interview, there's a pop quiz. If you're listening to the interview, Gray Sky's Fallen uh, playing the St. Vitus Bar on Saturday, the 3rd of September with who? Oceans of Slumber. Oh, shit. That's yeah. uh, Dauber from uh, Insect Warfare and a bunch of other bands. Glad you brought that up. It sure is. And that's a great selling point to this event. Oceans of Slumber, um, doom metal band with Gray Skies Fallen. Two bands that go great together. Gray Skies Fallen are, of course, our good friends. We've had Rick on many times. Um, 
just to listen to the the cascading Staten Island beauty of his uh, accent and his voice. Um, and uh, we just talked about um, Craig Rossi is going to apparently be doing a song with Grace Guys falling there on the old synthesizer. So that's great. Wishing them the best. Um, just going down the list here. Uh, we got Creeping Death, 200 Stab Wounds, Spirit World, Tribal Gaze, Plague Years. Uh, it's Sunday, this September, um, Sunday, September 11th, 7 p.m. there at uh, St. Vitus Bar. That's one for the kids there. Stay, stand in the back if you wear glasses to that one. Um, and then we're getting into late September at that point. So that's all the shows I'm going to talk about now. Um, and I want to remind people to check out Ripping Headaches Promotions uh, wherever they're available on, on social media. Check out Ripping Headaches Promotions, our friend Hassan, for shows in the, um, what do they call that down there? The uh, the, uh, the the Capital District? The Capital District, yeah, I guess, right? It's like, it's the, like the Mid- Mid-Atlantic the M- MDC or something. I don't listen, I don't man. Know. Wherever you are, check for Hassan in the shows. All right, that's all, man. Uh, and th- didn't you have another show t- uh, uh, upstate you wanted to talk about? Yeah, Dave? I uh, let me get my uh, my information out here. Uh, F- Fit for an autopsy is playing in Albany at the the Empire Live, and the reason I wanted to bring this up was because a band that's very active in our area, Sick Bay is uh is opening for them it's uh it's on september 11th at the empire live in albany and the other bands that are playing with are uh orbit culture oak heart and invoke thy wrath so if you like those bands and you're uh in the area you should go check check them out you know especially check out sick bay because they're good band good heavy band i saw them play at the empire underground with scattered remnants a couple months ago and they they were heavy as shit. They like blew me away. They're kind of old. Like, Sick Bay has been around a while, right? You know, it seems that they have, I think they haven't been, they, I'm trying to think of how, how to say it. Like I, they, they've, they've been recording, putting out rec, like CDs for a couple of years now, but I think they've been around like probably on and off for even longer than that. I feel like I saw like a video on YouTube of them playing like from like 2006 or something. Yeah. But I don't know if they have any, any releases from that time, but uh, so yeah, they're definitely like a long running uh, Hudson Valley, New York band, you know, and now they're, they're doing all they're They're booking shows. They're playing all over the place. They're touring. They're getting out you know, there now. I noticed, man, they, they got yeah. something coming up in early August. Watch out for them early August at Amityville, Amityville Music Hall with coronary thrombosis. Um, I want to say that was the uh, probably the third or the fourth coming up. But look out. Yeah, look out for them at uh, Amityville Music Hall coming up shortly, too. But yeah, what was the date on that show you were talking about? That was September 11th, September 11th in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was in Albany. In I, Albany. I said Poughkeepsie earlier before the before we started recording, but it's in it's in uh, Albany. In Albany, got it, man. So get out there and support your shows. And um, if you got an opinion about me just talking about the St. Vitus shows tonight, then tell us about your show, man. Like I said, drop us a line on the email, the social media, the voicemail, um, and we'll promote whatever show you got coming up wherever you are in the world. I'll, t- I'll, I'll I talk about shows in Germany. I talk about shows in uh, Brazil. Whatever, man. Let me know. Maybe I'll even come down to one. Who knows, man? If I can afford Should it. We, uh- should we mention a, a show that's happening in Long Island at the end of July? Oh, thank you, man. I'm getting ahead of myself here, man. You're talking about that Barely Breathing Fest. Yeah, the uh, the lineup for that has been expanding the last few few days. I feel like there's a lot of good bands uh, getting on that. 
It, it's nuts. It's for this to be hosted at Mr. Beery's of Long Island um, is nuts to me, man. This is the type of show that I think, generally speaking, you would usually have to go to New York City for, maybe Brook, maybe a, a venue like St. Vitus or something like that. It is like the cultist of underground gore grind and noise and grind and gore noise going on. Anal birth has been announced. Um, which is fucking crazy, stupid. It's it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, th- this is a a incredibly respectable uh, lineup for this festival, or like I guess it's a festival, a show, whatever. But uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like Anal Birth is playing. Like has has Anal Birth ever played live before? It, to my knowledge, this is going to be the first Anal Birth show uh, ever. Wow. All right. Okay. Well, there's that. But uh, you know, sulfuric quarteries playing maggot vomit afterbirth. Uh, and uh, first days of humanity just kind of added. I didn't know that that guy played live at all. So that's you know, I would love to see that guy. Uh, mental abortion, blemish, uh, charcuterie. There's just a ton of bands playing this this show. Yeah, so I'm really yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fucking incredible. It's pretty ridiculous just to see anal birth on a show. Yeah, this is this is Adam's first time doing a show. If you're curious, by the way, we we did a whole episode with Adam. Uh, we might have done two episodes. Well, we did a whole episode. I think we did a Halloween bonus with Adam last year too. But if if you're curious about anal birth and the gore noise Godfather himself, you can go back and check that out. But yeah, so fair cuttery. Um, all this stuff. Look, we're going to have an episode where we interview John Santiago, uh, who's involved in booking this, one of the people involved in putting this all together for everybody uh, coming up. But that, that's uh, Saturday, July 30th at Mr. Beery's in Bethpage, New York, the Barely Breathing Fest. Um, and it is a fest. It starts at uh, uh, apparently doors at noon, first band at 1 p.m. It's going to go all day. Um, and like, for a gore grind fest, uh, if I saw this this flyer for this fest, I would think one of two things. Either it's in Brooklyn or it's in like the middle of Kansas somewhere. So, like, you know what I mean? Because that's how these gore grind fests usually go. Or in Poland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like or just like another weekend in Europe somewhere. Yeah. Another sick because apparently the gore grind is a thing over there. Fucking gore grind shows everywhere. It's just holding up traffic in Europe, yeah, Czech Republic <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah, man. Without uh, you, you can't throw a stick without catching a Gothicles live. That's what I hear. Um, but yeah, so barely breathing fest. You can look that up, man. That's going to be July the thirtieth. Uh, like I said, at Mr. Beery's in Bethpage, New York. Tons of gore grind and grind and noise core bands. Well worth your while. It's going to be a spectacle. Um, of epic proportions. I love the parking lot there. Mr. Beery's in the back. You can kind of hang out, do your thing, you know? Yeah, I forgot about that. You know, you know, believe it or not, I actually used to live around the corner from that place for like a year or so. We we talked about like this, yeah. 10 or fucking 15 years ago. Yeah, and like, that was like my, my, my local spot. I would go there for beers all the time, but and they, they had shows every so often. Like, I think I remember, like, this was after I was in the communion, but the communion played there with uh, Tombs. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I forget who else, but like, you know, th- th- there was a show there every so often, but I mean, nothing at all on this level. So, I mean, I'm, you know, not that I want to live in Bethpage again, but like, I'm really kind of bummed <laughs> that I, nothing like this happened when I was, you know, like a five minute walk from the, uh, from the bar. So did you ever think anal birth would be performing there? No, I didn't. I, <laughs> you know, like I, I really never thought any further than like, like, my next beer when I went there, I never really <laughs> thought too much about who was playing and, you know, so I, I'm, I'm really 
jealous to whoever's living in my old house. I never think much further than my next beer in life ever. That's kind of like my general rule. It's a good, it's a good rule. I mean, I feel <laughs> you, you get too far ahead of yourself and yeah. you start, you know, you just start fucking up. Yeah, so. exactly, man. That's, that's why I just had, I take it one podcast at a time. Um, so yeah, so that, that's that barely breathing fest. Um, one more thing coming up on long Island. It is a metal show on long Island. So I'll bring it up in this segment. Uh, October the 18th, Queensryche supporting Judas Priest at Nassau Coliseum. That is like a, a bill from the 80s. That's that's like heavy metal parking lot, like, you know, revisited. Yeah, that, that's a hell of a show. That's some 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 vocal acrobatics going on there, too. There's there's a lot of good vocals going on there. Yeah, Todd Latore in the house, um, Mr. Rob Halford, uh, keeping it real after all these years. I'm looking forward to it. That's it's definitely not a, a show, definitely not a concert for uh, sticklers of lineup changes and original lineups. Um, but I definitely think both bands are still capable of putting on a good show. So I'm looking forward to that. I went ahead and got a ticket. I d- I did a little selfish gift. I got a gift. F- I got two tickets, and I'm taking my cousin. Um, just, just so I could, uh, you know, not, not be spoiled and just take myself. So, um, but shout out to my cousin, Rob, I'm looking forward to that, man. So yeah, Queensryche and Judas Priest at Nassau. I believe Judas Priest is still banned from Madison Square Garden. I don't think I know about that. Uh, did something happen there? You could, oh, did something, you could look it up in 84. This is like, it's documented. It's on the internet. Um, so it must be true. But no, they're they're still banned to this day. Judas Priest from Madison Square Garden in New York City because of some sort of riotous situation that occurred at one of their shows in '84. I want to say where people were ripping up the seats and going nuts and everything and destroyed the place. Right. Yeah, that must have been like I don't know much about uh, you know like, like the, the the policies at Madison Square Garden or anything now, but like I feel like in the '80s that whole. Uh, complex must have been like a no fun area because <laughs> I don't, I know Slayer got banned from playing the, uh, the felt forum, which is now called the theater, like at Madison square garden. Okay. Uh, for a similar thing. I, I think they were, they, it was the rain and blood tour and they were playing and people were just tearing the seats up and throwing, you know, shit everywhere. And I think, I think metalheads just had more fun in the eighties. Yeah. I, you, you know, know I, Everyone, like it, you know, not sound like an old fart, but everyone, no one was holding cell phones back then, so they had time to tear the seats up. Yeah, dude, you know, not the stage, not for nothing. But one thing the boomers got right was being metal, like the tail end boomers that were still young in the in the early eighties and late seventies. Yeah. I mean, look, nowadays I, it's all about like you know these these slam gutturals, pig squeal slam kids. I don't even get it. It's like all about bong hits and hentai. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Back in the day, it was like you you hand drew a Judas Priest logo with a Sharpie on your denim jacket, and you did a did bunch that. of fucking angel dust. I didn't do that. Yeah, but I did. Uh, we missed I, out on the angel what, dust. Yeah, I mean, I'm only 43. I got plenty of time. I can, <laughs> or, <laughs> nothing like the present to start a, a crippling drug habit. But uh, I did. I do remember when I went to the Maryland Death Fest. Uh, sorry, not Maryland. Geez, Milwaukee Metal Fest in. I think it was two thousand, and uh, I think it was when Flesh Grind played. Flesh Grind versus Fall Carnage, but there was actually some seats getting torn up. <laughs> yeah, because cool, uh, I I know what you're because I remember the room where Cephalic Carnage played. 
it was like a theater style room with like theater style seats, right? Did we go to the same festival? I think so. I just don't think that you and I knew each other or like knew each no, other well anyway. I don't think we, it, but it was like, it was like the, the air quotes, uh, relapse records room or, or stage. Yeah, well, um, I, I remember there because like that was a huge building with a lot of different like rooms and stages, and that was like you went, you had to go up this cool stairway and go into this like separate theater room, and that's where Flesh Ties from the Czech Republic performed. Um, oh, I didn't see them if they played. Not, no, not Flesh. What's the band? Flesh, Fleshless from the Czech Republic. They played live with a drum machine, but they were great. Uh, and Cephala Carnage performed in that room, and a few other bands. Yeah. Was it, did you see a? I, I think Deaden played and Disfigured. Yeah, they they were on. I think that they were all in like the the United Guttural Room, which okay. was like a wide open kind of day room, like gymnasium style room. All right. Yeah, there was a lot of different rooms going on to that 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 fest. Yeah, it, it was like it was not that that Eagles Auditorium that it had been at. It was like a some larger like sort of convention center or something like that that they exactly yeah it was a convention center dude it was a huge se- thing they, yeah. they sectioned off but uh yeah that was a great it was a great fest i, I feel like we, we we must have called like probably the last good year before it became like a total shit show i don't know that they had very many after that i think after that it kind of like went downhill and then there was like probably a gap of a year or two and maryland death fest probably just took over well i i had heard um, or I, I'd read a lot about them like overbooking to like like such an absurd degree that like bands would get like 10 minute sets mm. and things mm. like that. And like there'd be like two bands playing at the same time with like a with a sheet like, in the middle. A, yeah, a curtain between the two yeah. stages, like, that, that kind of stuff where it was like they were just. Oh, man. Yeah, it's like whatever that. it was. It was like they were just trying to make money or they were just like they got it. They brought in some new management. They were screwing it up. Like, I, I don't know what the story was, but like, Yo, you know, they it, definitely had bands playing like in the same room separated by a sheet. What the fuck? Well, I mean, if, if it was a, like a thick, a thick blanket, then it sounds like I get through that. Ah, uh, I don't know, man. I I I read about that in a zine, but I, and it's I don't want to go because it's like over twenty years ago now for me, unfortunately, man. So I I don't Same. know, man. I, I might I might I don't want to bear false witness to, but Milwaukee Metal Fest coming back on social media apparently. Is it really? If you look up Milwaukee Metal Fest, I believe they are um uh they're making moves again, man. Maybe they kind of they didn't even wait till that MDF um uh was was cold. They they um yeah, they they said MDF said it might be their last year. Apparently Milwaukee Metal Fest trying to get from, who's who told me this? Uh, this is all this is all allegedly allegedly allegedly. But yeah, somebody told me that apparently Jamie Josta is moving in with some people and trying to get something stirring up from Milwaukee Metal Fest again. So I don't know. That could be all allegedly. I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, I'll take it. I don't know much about Jamie J- Josta's uh, musical taste at this point, but I mean. Well, I mean, did- if I'm one of these like, you know, headbangers, ball type of metal guys, you know, or, or the what, the Jimmy Trunk guys or whatever. I mean, you got to notice by now that Maryland Death Fest is probably like the most legit barometer of what metalhead fans and supporters of the scene actually want to do and want to attend. You know what I mean? So like at this point, if you actually want to make some money with extreme metal, you should pay attention to what Maryland death fest, like the template 
they set. You know what I mean? So I, I you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, because it's at this point now where the bands that we like are the bands that are kind of not necessarily every obscure death metal and grind band I ever heard, but you know, brutal death metal is back now. So yeah, and I just like I, I just hope that it's not um, you know, it. I don't want it to become like like a, a major label backed sort of showcase kind of thing where there's they're just having like. Uh, almost like, like like an Ozfest where there's just like, like all these stages of like these new up and coming bands that the, the record labels are trying to push, and then it actually it stays the way it was where it was like like a, an underground festival for you know death metal, black metal, grindcore things yeah. of that nature. You know what I mean? Only only if they only if it's like the, the Ozfest lineup from 2000, and they combine that, then then I might I might have to I'm a sucker for some of that stuff, but. Um, we're getting off on a tangent here though. Uh, Dave, um, how, how did we get here? I, yeah. I, well, we're, sure. we're, it's, it's these damn, sh- we're talking about the shows and we're going in, man, but that's good. So like I said, um, check out all these shows and, and, and if, if you don't like the fact that we didn't bring up your local show or your local promoter, then drop us a line. Like I said, on the, the, the messages, the email, the voicemail, whatever you got. Um, big shout to Craig Rossi and Drift Into Black uh, and Grace Guys Fallen. Thank you to him for sharing his story with us. We can, uh, urge you to check out all the music we discussed tonight. Um, and thank you to you, Dave, for bringing all that music and those wonderful memories of shows to our attention. Hey, man. Thank you. Thanks for uh, for listening to me. Let <laughs> me on here. Of course, man. Uh, I got to listen to you, man. Big shout out to Tom and Justin because they're not always available, um, but they're always on time with the episodes behind the scene, helping me with the production and um, playing their part, man. Uh, and I, like I said, I got to listen to you, Dave, because uh, without you, I would just be down to one. And that's that. And one is the loneliest number. <laughs> Hey!